<laughs> right off the bat. Uh, one of the first things I think is so hugely important is at the very beginning it says, now the word, but the word, the word came to Jonah. And what I think is really hugely important is that we recognize that this book isn't an isolated event. This isn't an isolated story by itself. This is part of this big story that God is telling with his relationship with the people of Israel. So this is, and so like understanding that is just not, you know, just not, oh, this is a little story off to the side. No, this is part of this huge story is vitally important for us to understanding like what God is speaking to us, all right? So here is now, there's been a lot of stuff that's happened. Now God's giving a word to this prophet named Jonah in the midst of this big story of Israel and, and God's relationship with those people. Also, I want to make mention, though I probably won't talk about this this week, um, it says now the word of the Lord. And if you see Lord, and have you guys ever seen Lord in capital letters in your Bible? For those who don't know, that's, that's, that's the name of God, the name that Israel won't speak. And so that's the way that it's shown to us. So when you see later on in the story, like whenever they're sailors and they actually, it says they call upon the name of the capital Lord, they're actually calling upon the Hebrew God as opposed to other places where they're calling upon their own gods and different things like that. So maybe that's something that you didn't know that you learned when you see those, that every translation doesn't do it that way, but a lot, most of them do. That's actually the name of God. So Jonah is going to receive, a, is receiving a word from God, uh, and it mentions Jonah, son of Amittai, which at, at least it has son of here because there's almost nothing about Jonah in the rest of Scripture, except for, thank God, for Second Kings that actually gives us like a little bit of information about Jonah so that we can know where the story fits into the big story of God, okay? So the first thing that, that um, Second Kings does tell us, you can go back one slide, sorry, is that Jonah is from Gath Heifer, all right? So I don't know how useful that information is. I do think that it's interesting that's in the northern part of Israel. It's actually close to um, uh, Assyria, where that's going to be a big part of this. And it's also interesting that's close to the Sea of Galilee, where Jesus did a lot of his teachings, and even called the Galilee of the Gentiles, because yes, there were Jewish people, Israelites all around there, but there also was a heavy Gentile influence. And the, gen the theme of Gentiles and God's compassion and stuff towards them uh, it's pretty big in this past in this story, so I think that's interesting. At least that he was that we know that he's from that area. Now, if you go to the next slide, a piece that's very important to this is that it says that he prophesied when Jeroboam the second was king. Okay, that's in Second Kings fourteen, I think. Don't quote me on that if I'm wrong. Um, why is that important? Because it tells us where the story is. It tells us where Jonah is in the midst of this, and it's actually really, really important. Because in the midst of this, what happens the generation or so after Jeroboam II is king? Now, he was actually a king that expanded Israel, but he was also an evil king. Just so you know, and that's what Jeremiah is prophesying in the midst of this evil king who did good, I mean, like things for Israel that helped expand it. And Israel was pretty powerful when Jeroboam was the king, but he still was, he was an evil king. Why is that important? Because just shortly after this, the Assyrians, go to the next slide, and now you're going, why are you telling all this? Just let me give this background. I get excited about this stuff because it's going to help us understand the story. Shortly thereafter this, after Jonah preaches, uh, after Jeroboam is gone, the Assyrians are going to come in. You guys remember this, right? Come into the, to the 
to the ten tribes of Israel, right, the northern tribes, and they're going to take them captive. Why is that important for a story of Jonah and the whale? It's important because if you look up towards the top, do you see Nineveh? This is a, this is a, this is a, a huge part of the story, one of the major parts of the story. It really is interesting, and I've really thought, and I don't think I've really quite grasped this. We're going to see God call him today. God's going to call Geneva, Jonah. I just like did one of those like Benefer or something, you know, those mashups or whatever. Geneva. Uh, he's going to call Jonah to preach against Nineveh. And Nineveh at this time wasn't the capital of Assyria, but would become the capital of Assyria. It would become, at this time, the Assyrians aren't at near as powerful as they will become. But he's going to call him to go speak against, which obviously is showing God's compassion towards them, so they can actually have some, can actually repent. But he does it to a, to a, to a city that's part of a, 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 an empire that's actually going to take his own people captive. Isn't that interesting? Like, God, why would you rescue Nineveh and then Nineveh's going to turn around in, some sh- in a short amount of time and then take your people captive? What does that tell you about God's character? You know, and one of the big things, too, that straight away that it shows is that God actually does care about the other nations. Like, that's a big part of this story, you all, is that, and, and I'll, I think I'll talk about this more. I don't want to hit on everything because I want to leave meat on the bone for later. You could kind of really just dive into a lot of this. Um, but there's a, a deep reality that God deeply cares for, for the other nations. He could have easily, because there's these, these, there's these themes here in Jonah that are, like, powerful. There's this idea of God's justice, right? Wickedness. Is, is taking place in Nineveh, what is God going to do about it? Right, we think about that around our city, our nation, right? God, look at this place, and look at, look at my workplace, and why are you going to bring your justice here, God? Because look at all this wickedness. Why do you allow evil to happen, God? Why, what, what's going on? Why do you seem slow, God? And there's that tension between the justice of God and the mercy and compassion of God that we get to wrestle with. And I think it just shows the the beautiful character of God and how we can't just go, God is like this, like he has a mercy, he has compassion, deep compassion and deep mercy, caring for this foreign place that's going to actually come in and, and ramsack his children, his, his nation. And yet in the midst of knowing that, he still is going to call Jonah to go speak against their wickedness. If you go to the next slide, this is just like a real quick um, better picture of just saying Nineveh, just looking at Nineveh right on the Tigris River. This was, again, going to become a very, very powerful, I'm kind of giving away a little bit. If you haven't read the story, will become a very, very powerful city. Could have been nothing, depending on the way they responded to a Jon- Jonah's preaching. Could have been nothing. All right, you can go to the next slide, which is just kind of a picture of Nineveh. I'm just going to leave it on there for a second. Okay. I didn't even read verse 2 yet, have I? Go at once to Nineveh. So he's, the God is speaking to the prophet Jonah. Go at once to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. 
So again, God is speaking to a prophet, and when we read through the Old Testament, that's how God spoke. Like so much of the time, he would speak through a prophet to his people. Really interesting that while the overwhelming amount of prophecies are to Israel, all of a sudden now God is going to say, hey, prophet of Israel, go to another nation and prophesy. Really interesting that God would do that. He's going to cry out about their wickedness because why? God is a just God. And he, he's going, there's something that's going to take place. But in the midst of him desiring, or the midst of his justice, he's also giving them a sense or an opportunity for, for mercy and his compassion to flow. God is incredibly merciful. And then we have a but in verse 3. <clears throat> so what does Jonah do with this information, right? But Jonah set out to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid his fare and went on board to go, to the, to go with them, excuse me, to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. I don't want to unpack, again, I'm leaving some meat on the bone, every, everything and every reason why Jonah decided he would flee. I'm gonna, Greg's going to preach, and I don't want to you know, steal a sermon again. I don't know what he's going to say, but I don't want to just go over every detail. <laughs> I'm just kidding. If you want to go to the next slide, go ahead. But this is, this is what happens. So God gives this word to the prophet Jonah. He says, I want you to go cry out against him. Nineveh is, I don't know if it's 750 miles away. I have another slide that says 550, so somewhere between 500 and 800, let's say, <clears throat> miles away. Yeah, there it is. There it is. Um, He's supposed to go to Nineveh, which, as we saw, you know, Syria, you know, that area, which was Assyria, um, he was supposed to head that direction to go prophesy. And it says, instead of that, he heads the exact opposite direction, basically. And first of all, he lands in Joppa, right? And he's going to Joppa, why? So that he can get on a ship and get the heck out of there and get as far away from it as possible. One thing that I I don't think I had seen before that I I did this time as I read through it you know, I talk about that Hebrew cyclical thinking of very powerful things happening in the same area, in the same city. Like, you'll see it happening, and we've talked about that. Go to the next slide. Something that I think is very interesting is when God calls Jonah to go to a Gentile nation and to cry out against it, Jonah chooses to run as far away as he possibly can, and he ends up, I mean, immediately in Joppa. Did you know that Joppa is the place where Peter receives the vision of the sheet coming down with the animals in it. And that was a place, that whole ordeal was to get Peter to understand, and he still didn't quite understand it, that God cared about the Gentiles. And he wanted this spirit-filled church that had had just been birthed to actually go and fulfill what he had been crying out to his people to do for years and years and years and years. So isn't that curious that, Years, hundreds of years before, in 700 and something uh, B.C., Jonah chooses to flee. And here, even though Peter doesn't do everything perfectly, God kind of brings healing to that in the same exact city. And that's where Peter is going to go to Cornelius, and he does it. I think, that's, I think that's really cool and really interesting that God did that. All right, you can go to uh, the next slide if you want to as well. Now, there's a lot of guesses of what, where Tarshish is, all right? So a lot of people think that it was in Spain. I know I've read some articles where people think it's Tarsus. And there's, I could go to a lot of different places. But the point of the next slide is just to say 
that when he gets to Joppa, he's like, I'm going to get as far away as I can. All right? And what is he trying to get away from? It mentions it twice. It says, from the presence of the Lord. You might say, well, how can you get away from the presence of the Lord? David would say your presence is everywhere. But I think the key, the important, what he's saying is, go to the next slide, is he's trying to get the heck out of Jerusalem and where the temple of God is and where the face of God is and where the, the presence of the Lord is, where he's just like, I'm not. And what's so intriguing, intriguing about this is I believe that what Jonah is doing is, ba- Jonah is basically, and I'll talk about it here in a second, does, so much does not want to go preach against the Ninevites that he is laying down, I think, his prophetic mantle or his role to say, I don't care. I'm going to lay this down. I'm not speaking this word, and I'm going to go as far away as possible. And Jonah's got to realize or got to think, and you see it a little bit later on, that, hey, I could die for this. I don't care. I'm not going to preach. I'm not going to preach against this. Um, what an interesting guy, huh? <laughs> Very, very interesting. Um, but here's, here's a couple things I, I want to share about this. One is, I believe in this story, whenever we're reading through the Old Testament in general, it's Israel-centric, right? I mean, it's about God and his relationship with his people, Israel. I believe that the story of, uh, that Jonah parallels Israel in this story. And as Jonah is being called to the nations, we know that God has many times through the prophets told Israel you are to go, you are to be a light unto the nations. You are to go and, 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 to, and to shine this. And Israel, hard-headed as it is, just like Jonah, right, continues to just not fulfill the call that God has for the Israelites. Again, it doesn't, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, the, doesn't really begin to happen until Jesus resurrects later on and the Holy Spirit comes, and then they begin to, to get this idea. But what's, what's the deal with that? You know, like, I, it's so easy to read and to go, Israel, what a bunch of bums, you know, or whatever you think, and like, why would you, why, why would you do that? And I, and I think when we look at it in light of that, we recognize that, that, that at least one of the reasons that Jonah doesn't want to go is, I mean, we know absolutely he doesn't, he doesn't want Nineveh to repent. Well, Nineveh's what? Nineveh is an enemy, right? Um, Israel continually struggled with this inward insular thinking. And it got them to where they wanted their nation to be great, right? Like, let's build our nation, let's expand our borders, let's do these, but let's not really have much to do with the other um, tribes that are around us, or let's not have much to do with the other cities, the other nations, like besides like gaining more area and gaining more space. If Nineveh collapses in that, in that sense, Jonah's excited because guess what? Hey, our enemies are less powerful now. Like, man, that's pretty cool, right? Another thing is Israel just straight up struggled, 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 as I mentioned, to be that light that God called them. And so thinking of the Scripture in that way, and I'm, I'm thinking through as I'm reading this, I'm always thinking, like, how does this apply to us? And I recognize, I think, that the church, we struggle with this a lot of times, right? Like, let's just, let's just be real. We struggle with this kind of insular th- thinking of us being focused on our, our church or our community or whatever, and we like it. Like, Jonah likes the way Israel is. I mean, they wants it to grow, but he, he's happy kind of with where they're at. Um, we become happy oftentimes with where we're at, maybe complacent, uh, maybe just... What God calls us to do sometimes can be uncomfortable, 
I don't think it was – I mean, I think Jonah would probably been a lot happier just chilling in his hometown, right? Like, I'm calling you to go pretty far off to Nineveh. Like, you got to go do something, Jonah. I mean, that's one of the things he says. What he, he says, he says, arise, right, and go. Like, I need, I want you to go do something. And I wrestle, and I wrestle with that. And I think that that's something that we can think about. I think that that's something that we can wrestle with even this morning, is this idea of have we gotten, are we fulfilling what God's calling us to fulfill? Are we being the light to our city that God's calling us to be, to our city? Are we listening to what God's speaking to us and we're doing what God's telling us to do? Or, I had to repent this week, or are we kind of running away from that calling that God's called us to? I was, see this a couple times recently, I had people about Stones River and about the bread. Um, One was like, just like, hey, I just heard some of the stuff you guys did with the bread last year and oh, and you're trying to reach people, and like, I'm just so overwhelmed with what you're doing. I'm like, okay. And then like with Mitchell Nielsen, like really excited about, wow, you guys, you guys are, you guys are doing it, and you're going. I'm like, man, how far has the church like fallen for that to be, like, this should be who we are. (laughs) Like other churches going, wow. And and listen, that's not a, it should be wow. We should be doing these things. It's so powerful. The stuff we do with inner city and all these things are important, are so important. But it should be like the day in and day out, like who we are. We are, we, we, instead of being so completely insular focused, now th- there's things that we do focus inside, right? I mean, there's things about that, but we become so much like that, that whenever someone kind of breaks out of that box, people are going, whoa, that's so cool. And man, I think there's just so much more, I think, that God has for his church. And I think that we can do our part and play our role in it. And I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited. This is one of the reasons I wanted to, wanted to start here. Um, jo- Greg mentioned doing Jonah, me and him were talking. And, and one of the reasons I wanted to go here, just to get us thinking through, not only, uh, like, am I willing to go, God? Like, will I? Like, straight up. Like, uh, it's, easy, it's easy to sit back and go, well, yeah, I guess, um, yeah, I guess I'm willing. But no, like, will we, actually, will we go? Will we go see where God's calling us and walk in faithful obedience to God um, so that we can be a light. May, I, I, my prayer is that other believers, other communities, of church, other people see and go, I can do the same thing. And we go, yes, you can. <laughs> and see the church of Murfreesboro really. And I know there are good things. This is not a slam you sermon. You know, there are good things that are happening in Murfreesboro, but I think there are also some really great things that God wants to do and really get the church outside outside of the box, outside going to those, you know, who are, who are hurting, going to the Ninevehs, where it says, what, how much, wick, like, there's great wickedness there. Think about that. God, is call, God calls us to go into wicked places. And I, we've, we've built such a cocoon or whatever that that is really uncomfortable for us. And so if it's uncomfortable for you, okay, how can we stretch that? How can we stretch that so that we can o- o- obey Jesus? Can we can obey what God's calling us to do? We may not be able to just go jump up in our first person and have this, you know, pray for them and uh, uh, give them the gospel. And I'm not necessarily sure we should do that all the time right off the bat. But sometimes we get those minds and get that mindset. But what can we do to begin to stretch ourselves? And I mean, 
us together so that we don't become like Jonah and just say, you know what, God, I just, uh, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure about those people. Maybe even they deserve it. Jonah had that sense. I don't know, maybe there's, maybe we, could, maybe we just need to ask our hearts. And like, for some of us, that's not an issue. We never would think that. For some of us, maybe it is an issue. Maybe there's some of us, some, some, some of us that would say, you know what, hey, you know, they vote for that political party, they deserve it. <laughs> I'm just being real. I like to use politics because everyone gets serious. I mean, it's like, it's, it's like, it's serious stuff. Like, people are like, man, like, really into that. Like, I've, I've heard some things where I went, that's an interesting thing for someone to say that's a believer. <laughs> but Jonah was like, fine, let them let go. They deserve it. That's really it this morning, y'all. Uh, I wanted to have a simple thought, a, a fairly quick message, just to kind of prime the pump for this book. There's so much more that I'm trying to not say at the moment. But I want to ask us that question is, are we willing and will we go? Or will we flee, um, flee like Jonah did and flee away? And even as I was preparing this this morning, I felt like God was even saying that we ask the question corporately, because this is a a, a, a corporately, but also ask the question individually. Um, God was speaking that to me. um, Have you ran away from the call that God has in your life? Like, I, I repented even this week saying, yes, there's areas where I have. I absolutely have that I've, I've allowed to be blind spots, I guess, maybe, in my life. And there's a deeper level of commitment and deeper level of following after God that I need to have, um, that he's calling me to, that he's calling me to. And I've ran away. I've ran away from that idea. I've ran away from the idea of, like I've said before, I really want to be that, guy, that, that man that, has, that gives everything. And then there's just me holding back just constantly, um, giving him a lot, but just holding back some of that. And so maybe there's some on Zoom or here that, 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 have, that maybe have said, man, you know what? God did call me to do this. I know that he called me to do X, Y, or Z. We know that he's called us. We can read the scripture and know some of the things that he's called us to do, <laughs> but has, has done that and, and are going, you know what? I have ran away from that. And I feel like God's really speaking that, that there may be some people out there here that, that that's, that's the calling. You know what the cool thing is? Is God has a lot of mercy and a lot of grace and compassion. We read this in the story. A, a city full of wickedness, God cares enough about to send one of his prophets to go speak. So if that's us and there's areas of repentance there, we know that God is desiring us to change like it's not that he's sitting down ready to kick us with his heel and and hurt like he's like no john like i'm here to empower you i'm here to let if if you choose to turn and if you choose to do this so um lord uh we i i thank you for this for this book as i've read it multiple times this week and and really been meditating on it father i i ask that you would open up the places in our heart god that Maybe we've allowed to become hard. Lord, uh, Jonah obviously was a, had that taking place in his life. That he had allowed hardness to, to be able to pull him away from the call of God. Uh, which again, Lord, we know that was Israel struggled with that so much. They allowed the hardness to, to, let, to, to not let them walk in the fullness. And, and Father, I just pray that you would help us to walk in the fullness of your calling. I know that it's hard. God, I know that it's challenging. I know it's going to require a lot 
of us. I know it's going to require our time. It's going to require our tears. It's going to require our sweat. Um, it's going to require us being done wrong. Uh, but I pray that we would do it. I pray that we would be obedient sons and daughters who out of deep love for you and people see that you want to change our workplaces, that you want to change our city, um, that you want to change the gyms that we go to, Lord. And, and, I, just, and I just pray that, that today, that if any of us, that, that this is just becomes a day where we, maybe we've been running to Joppa and we're about to board the ship, but we turn around and say, no, God called me to do this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back and I'm going to do whatever he called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen.